0: You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry.
1: Welcome to Soft Idolatry. This is our spooky Halloween episode. Ha 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 ha. Carissa, what is your sermon title for this week?
0: (laughs) That was... That was abrupt. <laughs> I
1: know.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to roll with it. Um, hi, Alan. That was a great spooky Halloween. Uh, welcome there. I almost did a cur- blood-curdling scream in response to it, but I'm actually recording in the church office today, and that's probably not great. Um my- well, to stay
1: in character, Carissa. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a long week hey so my sermon title thanks for asking is all saints day how about yours wow
1: that's clever
0: That's all uh, it's all i got this week okay
1: uh my my sermon title is wounded saints
0: i like that i like that i looking forward to hearing a little bit more about uh about what that means are you are you doing the All Saints texts on Sunday, or are you going to do them later in the week on All Saints Day?
1: I will be doing the All Saints text this Sunday. Uh, All Saints Day is one of my very favorite events on the lectionary calendar, but I will be on retreat next week. So, I didn't want to miss this opportunity, and I thought I would move them ahead by one Sunday. And instead of celebrating Reformation Sunday, we would celebrate All Saints Sunday. So, we will not have a special service on November 1st. How about you?
0: We are also not having a special service on November 1st. We're actually backing it up a couple of days and having it on October 30th for a couple of reasons. So, we will be doing the All Saints texts this coming Sunday. I often do those on the Sunday before or after, even if there's going to be a midweek service, because midweek All Saints services aren't really the rage. People are more worried about Halloween than All Saints. So uh, (laughs) they are not generally well attended. So, So I like to make sure that we honor that, that holiday, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in a few moments here, but I want to make sure that we honor that holiday regardless of how many people make it for the prayer service. So that said, instead of doing them on the Sunday closer to All Saints Day, which would be November 3rd, uh, we're actually having a 150th anniversary celebration in one of my congregations on the 3rd. So I'll be covering some other texts that week and focusing on that rather than All Saints. So I too am doing those texts on Sunday. I will have our All Saints prayer service on Wednesday, and that will be almost like a Lessons and Carols type service, only All Saints focused rather than uh, Christmas.
1: So will you just sing for all the saints like six times?
0: Yes, that's all we're going to (laughs) do. Sing for all the saints like six times. Yes, that's it. Read a little bit of Revelation. It'll be a rip-roaring good time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, actually, we're going to offer a series of prayers for the past, present, and future. And so we're going to offer prayers of thanksgiving for those who have gone before us, prayers of um, healing and lament for those who have recently gone before us, prayers of Commissioning and discernment for those here today, and then prayers of praise and um, hope for those to come. So we're really going to focus on that all—the saints, past, present, and future—not just past.
1: Oh, that sounds like a really cool service. If I weren't, if it weren't going to be right in the middle of my retreat, I'd, uh, I'd think about attending.
0: Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. We actually, at some point, it would be a lot of fun to put a service together and co-officiate a service because I don't think we've done that before. Other than the the one Sunday morning, I was your lay leader at your church. Right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. We um, will we will have to think more on that.
0: We will. Uh, we'll take requests from our listeners. Just kidding. <laughs> we will not take requests, you guys. We're not that kind of podcast. Uh, so I'm I'm technically doing three All Saints type services this week because I will have a funeral on Monday, and mm. in our tradition, we call a funeral a service of witness to the resurrection, and it, it has a very All Saintsy feel to it.
1: Without a doubt. In fact, I even use the words, he or she has joined the choir of saints eternal.
0: Exactly. I think I use the, the great cloud of witnesses at some point, but it's the same, the same idea. Um, so we've been talking about all saints. We just launched right in. We started with Halloween and jumped to all saints. And for those who don't come from a tradition that celebrates all saints, that might be a little bit jarring or confusing. So um alan you want to give a crack at defining what all saints day is
1: sure do you want the long answer or the short answer
0: let's start with the short answer and then we can unravel as needed
1: that sounds like a great plan the short answer is this is a day when we celebrate all of the saints of the church all of the people who have helped us on our walks of faith over the years And if you want some scriptural background for this, I would start with pretty much any one of Paul's letters, or at least any one of his letters to a congregation. They all begin with some variation of, to the saints in Corinth, or the saints in Ephesus, or the saints in Rome. And what Paul is saying is that anyone who is an active part of a Christian community is a saint. Period.
0: That's a great short summary.
1: Thank you. And, you know, we are, even though Carissa and I have both come out of the Reformed tradition and are both Presbyterian pastors, we grow up in we grew up in a culture that was characterized by the large presence of the Catholic Church near us. And also a lot of conventional interpretations of what sainthood is. And so I think we have this cultural notion of someone who is just absolutely morally superior to everyone else around. And I certainly don't think that's what Paul was thinking when he used those words in the openings to so many of his letters.
0: Right. And I remember even growing up in a small Presbyterian church in Kansas as a kid. There weren't a lot of Catholic churches there, actually. That's not a large denomination in the Midwest as much as it is here in the East. But uh, we would have an All Saints Day uh, party, right? That was our workaround around Halloween. And we were supposed to dress up as a saint And we defined that a little more broadly than the Catholic Church tends to define it, but we still, nobody ever dressed up as, like, Aunt Grace, right? They Mm -hmm. were, you know, we dressed up as um, Queen Esther or Noah or some big Bible character or um, something along those lines.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh that that's that is a very interesting Bible Belty answer to that. It, yeah. Um and, and I would I would differentiate um the what should we call it? The agricultural Midwest from the industrial Midwest, because Chicago is very definitely the Midwest and it is a very Catholic city.
0: Well, yes, those of us from uh the breadbasket do not consider Chicago Midwestern, so There you got it.
1: (laughs) Those of us who understand geography do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so All Saints' Day is distinct from Halloween, even though they happen back to back. Uh, Halloween comes the day before All Saints' Day, um, but it's different. And um, The, the
1: name is All Hallows Evening. Right. As opposed to All Hallows Day.
0: Correct. Correct. So that's where, where that, that word Halloween has kind of come from. That's the, the origin of that word. Um, and All Saints is a little more like Dia de Muerte than, than Halloween is. Um, it's got this little more of a, um, aspect of honoring, um, our ancestors, be they spiritual or biological ancestors. Um, have I ever told you how much I actually genuinely dislike Halloween?
1: You you've told me, but I don't know if you've told our listeners how much you honestly genuinely dislike Halloween.
0: Well, I'm sure I haven't told the listeners before because we haven't uh we haven't podcasted through Halloween before, but I actually don't like it. Um this may be one one thing from the Bible Belt perhaps that I'm holding on to from my childhood. Um yeah, I I'm not a fan of the macabre. I don't like scary movies. Our question of the day at the gym this morning as we were warming up in class was what's your favorite scary movie? And I couldn't really answer the question because I don't like any scary movie. I just don't like them as a genre. Um, I, I don't like the celebration of fear and the celebration of like the the macabre side of death. I'm I much more appreciate this um, thankful, um, this thankful way of looking at life in light of death that we do on All Saints.
1: Well, I think you might be reading a little too much into Halloween. I remember dressing up as superheroes and Star Wars characters and all sorts of things like that, about which there was nothing macabre.
0: Oh, and- absolutely, yeah. I and. I don't have a problem with the costumes, generally speaking. I don't have a problem with the community aspect of kids going around and saying hi to neighbors. Um, I have a little bit of, of an issue with the sugar highs that my children wind up with after the said trick-or-treating. Uh, but that's not actually my my beef with it, no. Um, we've always let our kids trick-or-treat. I've just kind of put down my foot and said, look, you're not going to go out dressed as, you know, like a deca- decapitated something or other or you know some sort of thing of the night um, well
1: couldn't couldn't they do that if they were addressing as christian martyrs
0: that's a fair point <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that certainly would have worked in your kansas celebration would it not
0: <laughs> oh i was a weird kid but i was not that weird uh <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's it's really just the, you know, you walk into Home Depot and you're immediately assaulted by the woohoo, toggle- ah, cackling witches and all that, that nonsense. Um, I just don't get it. I never will. Send me all the hate mail you want, listeners. I don't like Halloween.
1: I used to love Halloween. Um, maybe it was because my fraternity used to have a great Halloween party every year. I don't know. Uh, I think you're just... um Oh, you're 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 maybe just getting a little too invested in it.
0: I don't know that I am. I think the people getting invested into it are my neighbor who's got like seven thousand like mummies and inflatable things and spiders and stuff in his yard right now. That's too invested in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that may be overkill, yes.
0: Yeah. I and I think I think for, for me a lot of it is just a, a counter reaction to um, that was a really redundant phrase, counterreaction. It's a reaction to uh, All Saints Day getting forgotten in the shuffle.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But, you know, we're talking about church in what is now a largely secular world. So I think most of it gets lost in the shuffle. Uh, if we're starting our if we're starting to sell our Christmas decorations in the middle of October,
0: Oh, don't get me started on that one.
1: Yeah, no, I th- we're on the same page there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, commercialism is not helping us out here right now. Uh, the retail stores, guys, you're you're killing us here. Um, yeah. So how do we, how do we renew the church's interest in? important celebrations like this because I do think it's it's very important to remember those who've gone before us.
1: It is, and it's important to teach these traditions to a church that has largely forgotten them. So every All Saints Day since I've been ordained, I have tried to offer a story of a saint whether it is Uh, A saint in my life, whether it is a saint from the church or a saint from my family or maybe even someone who wouldn't at first pass the test of sainthood and to look at how we need to look for those people in our lives, even if sometimes it doesn't become clear until after that person is no longer in our lives,
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great way to uphold and teach the importance of these sorts of holidays and the reason that we do have these uh, observances built into the church calendar so we remember to do things like that. I'm planning on sharing, I think, on Sunday a story of a saint who I knew who passed away a few years ago. I actually saw it pop up in my Facebook memories this week. Uh, His name was Joe, and he was a homeless man. He actually wasn't homeless. He had a house, but um, he looked homeless, dressed homeless, um, acted homeless. I think he just owned the house outright, which is the only reason he had a home. And um, he came to our church every Sunday and sat in the back because he knew, you know, how people perceived him. Anyone in our part of town who'd seen him walking around outside knew who he was. They knew, you know, Wild Joe, Homeless Joe. He had a bunch of different nicknames. And uh, he was one of the gentlest spirits I've ever met. Uh, He one time saw our pastor across Market Square, and he ran up to him, Pastor, Pastor, and he had this shoebox with him. And in it was like this dying pigeon that he had found, and uh, he wanted he wanted the pastor to take it home to care for it, and I, I, don't, I don't remember how that that ended, but it did not end with the pastor taking the dying pigeon home with him,
1: but he would just do stuff like that,
0: and he was so sweet and so kind, and he, he would often come to church early to use the phone to t- check in with his family, you know, to call them mm. and see how they were, because he didn't have a working phone. And I'll never forget the one Christmas Eve where my daughter, who was about three at the time, wandered into the back and just sat down next to him on the floor and sat there and talked with him and worshiped with him all through that Christmas Eve service. And what a weird and wonderful picture of the kingdom of God and what it looks Mm. like when all of the saints from all of the different places and times come together
1: yeah, that that is that that's quite a story. So, what are your supporting texts this Sunday?
0: I'm not going near the Daniel text. That's for sure.
1: You and me both, <laughs> sister.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the texts is Daniel seven one through three and fifteen through eighteen. And gosh, those those texts that are visions are. You got you to gotta have a lot to give for that particular <laughs> sermon, that's for sure.
1: Not only a lot to give, but you have to be prepared for all of the end times discussions and other bits of crazy that might just erupt from your congregation or someone who randomly wanders into church that morning. And yeah, no. I think what we need to do is is create a separate podcast series called lectionary rejects
0: <laughs> that will make that like an annual event we'll right. have all,
1: all of the all of the passages that have come up in the last year in the lectionary that we ain't touching no way no how
0: everything from Daniel and revelation <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and you know with any sermon you you preach the sermon, you think you have a main point, and then after the sermon, you hear people talking, and they heard six different main points, and none of them were the thing you thought you said. Mm-hmm. And that's just increased tenfold when you preach from something like Daniel.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. I am, I am not touching, uh, I am not touching any sort of apocalyptic literature outside of a study.
0: And one really tricky thing with that, too, is because it's All Saints, that kind of apocalyptic end-of-life stuff, end-of-world stuff comes up this time of year. But everybody's on, like, high Halloween watching all their scary movies that just came out alert, which makes it even weirder.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it, it actually almost gives us a reason to to attempt a sermon, but not really.
0: Hard pass. I should have said my favorite scary movie was Left Behind.
1: <laughs> uh, if
0: anyone I, from the gym is listening i've changed my answer
1: <laughs> i i would say get out personally
0: uh that did actually that came up uh, i've not yeah. seen that so
1: you you really ought to see it for reasons other than genre
0: meh all right so i am using um luke the six. The,
1: the best movie on race and race relations <laughs> no, in the last 10 years me. and you say meh
0: please keep talking wait is that it's not a scary movie or it is.
1: It, it's a I parody like, of scary movies. No, I did, and definitely it, didn't it, see it. And it, it, yeah, it has a lot of time. those tropes, but no. Okay.
0: Uh, maybe for you, mm-hmm. I will watch that movie. All right. So I'm trying to move things along and you just keep talking. Can I, can I tell you? <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> no, never. That never happened. So, uh, in answer to your question, that was, I think, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I am using Ephesians 1 11 through 23 as my primary text this week and Luke 6:20 through 31 as my secondary text. How about you?
1: I am using those two texts also uh, kind of as a melange. I'll probably use Luke as more of the primary text, but the um, there will be some grounding in the Ephesians
0: text too. Excellent. Um, how long have you been waiting for an opportunity to use the word melange?
1: I have not, actually. It just presented itself, much <laughs> like the uh, the Sword of Gryffindor.
0: Okay. All right. So, <laughs> Sword of Gryffindor. Which text would you like to read just now? Alan, how about you read one and I'll read the other?
1: You know what? I will read the Luke because it is one verse shorter.
0: <laughs> okay, go for it.
1: <laughs> then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you.
0: Our epistle reading, and that epistle is a fancy word for letter, so our reading from the letters comes from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 11 through 23. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. Amen. So I I found Matt Skinner's commentary on the gospel reading to be particularly useful this week. He talks a lot about the word woes. And he cautions us against reading it, liter- reading the blessings and woes as uh, salvation and damnation, uh, heaven and hell, that the woes are not eternal damnation. Uh, it's not, oh, you've been rich now, you will be poor and in hell for your eternal life. That is not what Jesus is getting at. Uh, what he is looking at, what, what uh, Skinner suggests is that those who are privileged now are cut off from the rest of humanity, from the poor, from the disenfranchised. And because we are cut off from them by our money, our comfort, our material wealth, we are not able to share spiritual wealth with them too and we we lose the opportunity to do the work of Christ if we remain in our places of comfort. So it's really a call to those of us who have either material things or an abundance of faith that we can put into practice to go out there and put those things into the service of the Lord.
0: Yeah, and I think it offers us an important reminder that uh, those who don't have now will have in the fullness of redemption. Right. And those who do have now, uh, your wealth, your privilege, your comfort—those have an expiration date, and right. you're—they're going to be gone one day.
1: If you only use them for your own comfort in this life, you will only have them in this life. Right. But if you use them to build the kingdom of God, wherein all of the poor and lowly are elevated, then you will continue to share in blessings because you have been busy doing the work of the church, building the kingdom of God.
0: Right. Um, the kingdom of God in scripture does not mean just heaven. It means reflections of that here on the earth too. Right. It,
1: it means remaking the world as God would have it, not as it is. And this is really, not that this isn't in all of the gospels, but Luke's gospel begins with Mary's Magnificat. It begins with uh, the humble shall be exalted. And that is really just a a central that that sense of uplift is pervasive in this gospel more so than it is in the other three, in my opinion.
0: I I agree with you. We're doing a Bible study on Luke right now. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that. There's kind of these four big themes in Luke. You've got the Acts of Jesus, right? So Luke is the Acts of Jesus. The Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. It's a two-part two, two part book, um, Volume 1, Volume 2. And then you've got um, the community of believers uh, is very prominent. The Holy Spirit is prominent, uh, more so in Acts, but you do see the Holy Spirit come into play in Luke. And then this idea of the Kingdom of God And when it comes to the kingdom of God, Jesus is constantly reminding people that the poor matter. And in that context, too, when Luke says the poor, he doesn't mean just the financially poor. That's not just a fiscal statement, but he means anyone who is stuck on the margins for any reason. So Mm -hmm. that means Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who's this short little, you know, tax collector. Yeah, tax collector. You're meant to perceive him as a grease ball, right? Right. This um, slightly shady used car salesman of a of a guy. And my apologies to all the used car salesmen out there. You're not all like that. I'm just buying into a unhealthy stereotype. See, there I go. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, so you've got that. You've got uh, women play a big role in the Gospel of Luke because they're another marginalized group at the time. You have the I, the Samaritans come in a couple of times. Kind of. You've got the ethnic. Um, the ethnic minority as well. So um, that's very prominent in this gospel.
1: So, So Carissa, why do you think that the Beatitudes in Luke are an All Saints Day text?
0: Well, they talk about, for starters, the kingdom of God, which is this community, this Community of Shalom <laughs> here goes that that same thing again we're going back to the the Ten Commandments, and why do we have them here uh, but it's this description of what the kingdom of God is meant to be, and it talks a lot about how we are meant to treat one another and how it is that we show one another that um We are all saints. We are all worthy. We are all deserving. You know, Jesus goes through this long rant at the end. He says, love your enemies, not just the people you like, but your enemies. Love them. Do good to them. Uh, If someone curses you, bless them. Pray for the people who are hurting you because there's something going on with them. If someone hits you, don't retaliate. If someone takes something from you, they need it more. Give them more. Um,
1: so that's what a saint is.
0: Well, it, it's what a saintly community, how a saintly community interacts with other people. But it's not a list of this is how you qualify. These are the saint. criteria of sainthood, right. right.
1: Because if it were, then none of us would make it. and Or not none of us. Very few of us would make it, and the the temptation would just be to say, oh, well, I could never do that, and then wash my hands of any responsibility for anything.
0: Right. This is a description, not a prescription.
1: Right. A, a description of, as you said, the behavior of the community in the kingdom of God.
0: Right. Right. And, um... I like this Ephesians text as well, because it sort of gives us the meat of why this matters, um, that we're all invited into this hope, into this life of praise, um, listening to the truth, believing in him, being sealed by the Holy Spirit, um, this, this grand inclusivity of the kingdom of God. And so you've got that common thread in them, that it's not just for some, and it's especially not just for the powerful
1: right. in fact, it is it, it is countercultural in those ways, in those ways, as set out in our reading from the Gospel of Luke, that the poor will be uplifted, the hungry will be fed, the spiritually poor will be fed as well,
0: yeah. There is a uh, YouTube channel that I really like. It's called The Bible Project. I don't know if you've heard of it before. I use their videos frequently in our Bible study, and um, they they call it the upside-down kingdom um, or the upside-down message of Jesus. It's completely against what the world expects. It's the exact opposite.
1: That, which is very... Definitely, what we get throughout the Gospel of Luke.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think we get that in all of the Gospels, but Luke is the most, uh, the most intent on communicating that.
1: Right, right. Where where Matthew wants to show Jesus in the tradition as faithful Jewish ethicist and lawyer, and Mark just wants to drop you right in the middle of the story of Jesus ministry. Right. You know. Uh, and and John wants to tell you in thirty thousand words what the deeper theological meaning of everything is.
0: Yes. And and those are not enough words. There aren't enough words. <laughs> no There's not there's enough sure- room for all of the words that John no, wants to communicate. No, no.
1: <laughs> no. And thanks to aspect and other rules of the Greek language, uh, that, that what takes John one sentence to state Takes three sentences to translate.
0: Yes, yes, it does. Uh, So, I've actually been working on an interesting project over the past uh, day or so in preparing for a prayer meeting that my congregations are going to have together. We've been doing this discernment prayer process, feeling out the future of the congregations, because uh, if they don't start to do some very, very different things very, very soon, they're going to run out of time. And by run out yeah. of time, I mean run out of money mm-hmm. and um so we're we're trying to figure out what does that look like for us and this coming meeting, I'm going to hand folks articles so here's a fair warning: congregants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'll know who's listening you'll know what's coming on Sunday articles about churches that are doing really off the wall stuff, like really off the wall. Um, Some of these examples are um, a small dying congregation that decided to just do whatever people in the neighborhood needed. When they got Mm. a call from someone who needed help, they would help them. And so they put word out there, hey, if you need a roof, we'll re-roof your house. Mm. Uh, And so they did things like repaved driveways, cleaned out flooded basements, and the whole community got in on it. And it just Mm. developed into this giant thing. And the church has managed to not only survive, but to thrive because of this. Hey, let's just address the needs of the community. Mm. There is one that is a recovery church and they focus on scripture, of course, uh, as a church and do have worship. But in their worship service are all the elements of a 12-step meeting. So people can come to church, uh, have that spiritual connection, um, hear the word of God. But that also counts as going to an AA meeting or an NA meeting. And really, I think, meets this this challenge in Luke that Jesus offers us to meet with the poor and not just the fiscally poor, but those who are on the margins. And so we're going to look at all these, I've probably gathered like 20 or 25 articles of various churches doing weird and wacky stuff. And we're going to look at that and say, all right, what would look crazy here and how can that work?
1: Those are some really cool, cool stories. I'm looking forward to seeing the links to all of these on the website. That's a plug for all of you listeners to come to the website and check out these great stories that, uh, Carissa has to offer.
0: And it's also, so, you just assigned me the job of putting every single one of those links in the show notes. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> hey, I do what I can. <laughs> so, uh, Carissa, do you have a spiritual practice for the week?
0: Yeah. So I encourage everyone this week to uh, do one of two things or perhaps both of these things, but look at- at putting together a family tree. Maybe you're really into Ancestry.com and you already have one. Maybe uh, you want to do like a really creative one. And this might not necessarily be a biological family tree. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. It could be a family tree of spiritual ancestors, right? But, um... Think about one of those people in particular who was very influential in your life and your spiritual development. And think about um, how you were instructed in the faith by them, by the other people around you. What is it that made them stand out so much to you? And uh, maybe spend some time journaling about them, especially if it's someone who maybe died relatively recently. Maybe they haven't been gone for a long time and that's still kind of raw. Or maybe they have been gone for a number of years and uh, this will give you an opportunity to go back and reflect and remember.
1: That is really, really cool. Do you know who you're going
0: to reflect on?
1: Do I know who I'm going to reflect on? No, no clue.
0: Yeah, I have no uh, idea either. <laughs> I just assigned the homework. I didn't do it.
1: <laughs> so you don't have the teacher's edition with the blue answers on the inside.
0: Don't I wish. Don't, oh, don't you wish they gave us that in seminary?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, what do you mean us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, um, why don't you pray for us and offer a blessing?
1: That sounds like an excellent idea. God of grace and mercy, thank you for all the saints in our lives, the wounded saints, the broken saints, the reluctant saints, the saints who were kind, the saints who were constant, the saints who watched over us, and the saints who received us when we needed a place to stay. Thank you for their practice of faith and their witness of faith in our lives. Lord, make us mindful always of the saints around us and all of the people who offer love and mercy and joy and community. Help us to recognize them as the saints that they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, may God, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body. May God encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen.
0: Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us for another episode of Soft Idolatry. You can email questions or comments to us at info at And you can connect to us on Facebook, Patreon, if you'd like to help support these efforts financially. You can check out our show notes and more at www.softidolatry.com.